CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in Options Action, the Volmageddon debate continues with the S&P versus the VIX, which is a, at a more powerful inflection point. Then they say there are only two certainties in life, death and taxes, but we are certain we can help you with both with some intuition on Intuit. Plus the energy sector, the Fed, and the options market, how all three might be playing catch up with each other. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action live from the NASDAQ market site on the desk tonight of Mike Coe, Carter Worth, Bono and Eisen, and Brian Stutland, Full House. Let's check out some of the names seeing the most options action this week. Among them, Tesla, Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, NVIDIA, Meta, and Netflix. Some ETFs also lighting up the options pits, the Triple Qs, the TLT, ARC, Emerging Markets, and, of course, the SPY. Uh, Carter, yesterday on Fast Money, we had a discussion about Volmageddon with Mike, but between the VIX and the S&P, which do you think is at a more important technical level? I suppose the VIX, if I had to pick. Um, what we know is that vol, uh, or as measured by the VIX anyway, sort of in the past 10 years has its low at the end of 2017 and has been trending higher ever since. And, and actually you can see it on the screen here, we're down now to a level where it has rebounded quite consistently um, over the past five years. I think you get a rebound here. Now, do you get a concomitant sell-off in the S&P? That's the presumption. All right, Mike, what, what's your take? And just sort of refresh people's um, memories of this conversation that we had, because I think it's an important one, because I think there are a lot of heads being scratched out there <laughs> in the uh, investment community as to why volatility seems so, um, I don't want to say depressed, but, but tame. So what's interesting is Carter was just talking about that low in volatility that you saw in 2017. And there was an interesting dynamic that was going on at that time because there had been a proliferation of products that encouraged volatility selling. And volatility is another way to think about just insurance on the markets. And that blew up in early 2018. That was the period that actually subsequently got called Volmageddon. Now we have a slightly different dynamic, other products that are trading, and that's basically the really short-dated options, zero days to expiration options have really uh, taken off. In fact, they represent a significant portion of the options volume in products like SPX uh, each and every day. Now, this week was particularly interesting because four of the five days this week, we saw call volumes in the VIX that exceeded even the highest day all month in January. Uh, we saw a purchase of 35,000 April 2939 call spreads, a purchase of 50,000 of the May 50 calls, and then we saw a purchase of 100,000 of the June 30, 40 call spreads. So some big institutional bets on volatility rising. Now, I want to make an important point here because when you're looking at VIX futures and VIX futures options, these don't behave exactly like stock. Each of those futures actually trades independently. So this what you're seeing right now is the VIX term structure. Spot is the spot VIX, and all of those higher points out in time are the subsequent futures. So March, April, May, and June, as you can see, are all higher. But the important point I would make here is that if spot VIX rises, those don't necessarily rise quite as much or quite as quickly. So in order to get, let's say, the June futures over 30, you'd need to see spot VIX really move in the near term. So either this is just a longer term series of 
uh, hedging bets on rising volatility uh, or somebody's expecting something really big to uh, blow up in the near term. Brian, you're a former VIX trader. Um, and so what do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean, we, we used to, our broker dealer, we used to trade major institutional orders against that and see a lot of that order flow. And one thing that, you know, becomes of a concern here is you look at the VIX over the last couple of weeks, basically since February 2nd, the VIX is up about 12%. The market is unchanged. So what's going on? Hedgers are coming in here and buying VIX. They're buying spikes, which is another volatility index that tracks SPY, basically the same thing. And it's starting to move up. And what we found when we see these bets on the upside of call buyers, we saw March 30 calls as well, not just the back months, buyers on the upside, usually a volatility event is brewing. Remember, the VIX was up above 30 back in May of last year, and the market was basically around this level. So it's really gotten depressed, and it's gotten to a level that Carter points out where it's interesting to buy. We own it for clients. We also own spikes volatility futures for clients as well. We do that as a hedge against equities because when equities deteriorate, typically volatility explodes. And if we're at this inflection point where, where volatility is going to move higher, we're going to get some serious downside move in the market, and you've really got to watch yourself. I don't know if it, Volmageddon is necessarily due again because it's hard for history to repeat itself exactly. But certainly it feels like the market is getting ready for a volatile event to occur. And it's cheap now, Bonawin. So I would think that buying the insurance now would be very attractive. Uh, yeah, particularly when you're looking at this upside stuff. So um, typically, you know, you're looking at your at-the-money vol, and that's what Mike is really speaking to when he pulled out the term structure, which that's going to take you across the terms and looking at at the money vol. But the other aspect of this is going to be skew. And so when you're buying that way out of the money stuff in terms of VIX, that's going to coincide with likely either a sell-off, as Brian mentioned, or a flexing of those downside puts. Either one of those will lead to a profitable outcome for you. So even if you start to see a range trading, but in a more violent way, that downside protection, which is what institutions are always short, um, will likely pay off. So that, that, that's another aspect to think of uh, when you're looking at these upside calls. All right, let's get to NVIDIA here. Up almost 50% year-to-date's latest report results next week in the most actively traded name in the options market. Carter, what does the chart look like? Right, so, I mean, a huge winner off its low, but therein lies the problem. Can If the market is always looking ahead, if the stock price is trying to figure out three to six months out, how much of the coming news in the three to six months ahead is priced in? I think a lot. For one, uh, we have completed a well-defined head and shoulders bottom. You can see it there. And we've retraced exactly half of the loss from the peak. Um, I think it's it's rich, it's full, it's overdone, extended, whatever terminology one wants. I'm a seller, not a buyer. Mike, I could see you nod your head in agreement here. <laughs> you do the yeah, same? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. You take a look at the options flow. You mentioned that there was a lot of it this week, and we did see some bullish bets. We saw a purchase of the March 275 calls. Buyers spent about 900000 bucks in premium for over 4000 of those. But a bigger premium bet was on a shorter-dated downside bet. That was the March 3rd, 215 puts. Somebody laid out $1.3 million in premium betting that NVIDIA is going to roll over by March 3rd expiration. And given the fact that they are going to be reporting next week with an implied move of just under 7%, it seems that that trader is betting that the news is not going to be good and that the stock is going to roll down uh, over the next two weeks. Another company slated to report next week, Monster Beverage. The stocks move year to date, though not that all, all that startling. Carter, where is this one heading? Yeah, I like Monster. So we... We have a circumstance of a perpetual long-term outperformer versus the S&P or any aggregate you choose. 
that basically is now toying with the prospects of finally sort of breaking out uh, from a dull period. Uh, I think this is quite good. I like it long into earnings. Mike? Yeah, I mean, the interesting theory in Monster is that, uh, you know, where we are seeing some bets on higher volatility in a lot of places, Monster's volatility is actually about 10% below the two-year average. Uh, so if you're inclined to, you know, take a bullish bet the way Carter is recommending, what I'd suggest is just going out, maybe buying the April 110 calls. Those cost about $2.10 when I was looking at that earlier today. So you're going to be risking about 2% of the current stock price. Uh, this thing has had quite a run off of those March lows from 21. I think it's up over 40% since then. Uh, you know, maybe a relatively stable business, but I think you can use calls as a cheap way to play for upside here. Bonwin, what's your take on Monster? Uh, you know, the valuation is pretty rich uh, versus historicals. And I will say that, you know, the, the back half comps are more challenging than the, than the front half of the year. So if I was, being that it has had a bit of an extended rally, if I was going to play it for the, for, for the upside, I would likely do it via options rather than owning the shares outright. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and sign up for our newsletter. There's much more Options Action right after this. In case you missed its barrage of ads into and through the Super Bowl, Intuit wishes to remind you that it's tax season. We wish to remind you that Intuit is slated to report results next week. We'll show you how to address both profits and tax savings with options. Plus, calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Options Action. Another week of earnings action coming up. So grab your coffee mug, get ready for tax season, because Mike is taking a look at two names whose products could help you through this process. Mike, what's this first one? Yeah, the first one is uh, Intuit. Everybody's probably familiar with their tax software, TurboTax. Now, this is an interesting situation, this one, because, uh, of course, that portion of their business, at least, one would think would be resistant to changes in the economy because taxes are inevitable. However, they have two other aspects to their business, which maybe are not quite so uh, resistant to an economic downturn. Credit karma, which basically makes its money with people getting new credit cards. We have seen that consumer credit, revolving credit, is now essentially back to all-time highs. Combine that with the fact that we see higher rates, I'm not sure that you're going to see a whole lot of new credit openings. That is, might be problematic. And there are other products. QuickBooks, which is focused on small business, if we do see an economic slowdown, that also could be challenged. There's something else here, which is that right now it's trading in theory about 26 times full year 2024 earnings estimates. But what I don't like about that is that right now they're forecasting about a two year double in EPS and all time highs in margins. And I'm not sure that they're necessarily going to achieve that. So in this particular case, the company seems a little bit rich to my eye. Uh, you know, the earnings move is about in line. I was just looking out to March, the 393.40 put spread. You could spend a little less than 10 bucks for that. To me, if you own the stock, you're inclined to hedge. 
uh, or if you're inclined to make a bearish bet, that might be a way to do it. The company just feels a little rich here. Yeah. What do you think, Carter? Well, a couple of things. This is one of the most epic. I mean, it, it, since its IPO, um, it is double the performance of Microsoft, going back to 1993, speaking of software. And now it is lagging. Not only the market is lagging Microsoft. This stock is unch over the past eight months when almost everything is up. I, I think it breaks trend here. I don't like it. I'm a seller. Bonawen, your thoughts on Intuit? Yeah, I'm not particularly pumped up about the SMB exposure. And if you look at the price action as well, which I think Cardner was alluding to, you've seen tech really start to catch a bit earlier in the year. And the price action has reversed sharply from that $450 level. All right, let's get to another name here. Yeti reporting results after the bell Thursday. Uh, Mike, how are you playing this one? Yeah, so uh, Yeti, this is one of the Holly index names, actually, much to my chagrin. It seems like everybody in my house wants to use Yeti tumblers instead of glasses, and you're not, she doesn't like to put them in the dishwasher. That drives me nuts. But the products really are great. What has not been great historically has been the price of the stock relative to their earnings, but they've been growing very nicely, and the stock price has come in. This thing is actually trading in the mid-teens in terms of forward EPS right now. So this one is beginning to look attractive. Now, this is a name that moves around a, a decent bit on earnings, and it definitely did after the last one. You'll notice, actually, if you take a look at that chart, they've got a huge pop in mid-November after they reported, but the stock is essentially at the exact same price. Options are expensive. Here, I like using a call spread risk reversal. The idea here is that if the stock does fall after earnings, I get to pick it up very close to those pre-November earnings numbers, uh, get participation to the upside. I was looking at the March 24th weekly, I should point out, because that's the one that has these specific strikes. 33, 45, 50 call spread risk reversal, buying those 45 strike calls and selling the 33 puts and 50 against it to uh, essentially get to only 30 cent outlay in premium. Carter, what does the chart look like? Yeah, to put this in perspective, to think that Yeti right now is trading exactly where it was before COVID came. It was a $40 stock. It lost 60% of its value, ran all the way up into 110, gave it all back, and now is basing and bottoming right at where it was before COVID hit. Is this business worth more or less than it was before COVID hit? It's worth more. And the pattern says it. It's bottoming out. I'm a buyer. What do you think, Bob? You strike me as the kind of guy who has, like, at least a Yeti, one <laughs> Yeti in your house. We have a handful of Yetis. Okay, that's what uh, I thought. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, listen, I'm not super pumped up about exposure to the consumer, but I do like this particular niche, this enthusiast specialty type of niche market. So I like that under the backdrop of the consumer situation. And I like the trade that Mike set up here. I, I will just remind traders that you're going to have to be comfortable outlaying cash down at that $33 level. Now, that's going to be about a 20% discount to current levels. But just keep in mind, make sure that you have proper margining or cash reserves in order to actually have to assume those shares. Mike, by the way, you know, you're not supposed to put insulated coffee mugs into the dishwasher. So is your gripe that you think it doesn't get clean by hand washing no, it? No, I want to put them in the dishwasher. Holly is the one that keeps telling me you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to. Yes, the cup. She, she makes a big fuss about that. So what happens? The sink fills up with these things. If you have teenage boys using these things for orange juice, water, and everything else they carry, you get a lot of them in the sink every single day. Okay, got it. Now, a look into the co-household. <laughs> Coming up, Brian Sutland's got a way to play a top energy name. He'll lay out the trade next. Options action, back in two.
Welcome back to Options Action. A rough year for energy so far. It is the worst performing sector in the S&P and underperforming the broader market in a big way. But if you're looking to get into the space, Brian's got a way to play one of the biggest names with options. So, Brian, what are you going to do? Well, it has, the whole sector has been underperforming. The reason being, basically, you're seeing demand destruction. Demand on a seasonal adjusted basis, the numbers coming out recently, is lower than it was in 2022, lower than it was in 2021. So demand destruction, couple that with builds in supplies of both crude oil and gasoline. So supplies increasing, U.S. shell producers kicking in, increasing supply. So high supply, low demand, AP Econ, that says prices should go lower. That's going to affect some people like an ExxonMobil, which we do own for clients. I do like the name, but I may want to think about hedging that and creating a trade that sort of hedges my stock position. And I can almost do a trade right now that sets up really well for March. That's the opposite of what Mike talked about with Yeti. Here, I want to buy a put. I want to buy the March 105 put, at the same time financing it by selling the 115, 120 call spread. And here, I actually collect 20 cents. And now, I have this hedge on. I get to play to the short side, basically, sell out of any stock position or play to the short side below 105. The call spread sort of stops me out to the upside in case the market turns. But notice here, I'm a net buyer of options. And the reason being, we talk about a bowling ball dropping in one part of the pool, creating a ripple effect to the other. If the S&P is going to go to the downside, like we talked about at the top of the hour, and volatility is getting ready to explode, option premiums should increase as well. I want to be a net owner of, of options here. And by buying the put and selling the call spread, I can basically do that and play to the downside, sort of protect this stock position I've enjoyed to the upside for so long right now as things start to turn around here in the energy market. Yeah, Mike, what's your take on this trade? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have basically, we're at the upper end of the five-year uh, band for inventories in, in a lot of the products that uh, Brian just mentioned, natural gas, as well as towards the upper end of the five-year range. You know, commodity prices tend to move farther uh, than you think they will. I mean, I, I want to say it's tempting to get in here and reach a little bit for natural gas, but uh, I think you have to actually see the proof in, in a reversal in prices. We haven't gotten that yet. Carter, you like Exxon? Well, it's all right. I mean, I guess sort of low ab, not not exciting. I mean, in terms of energy being down, we know it's coming off uh, two of its best years on record, 2021, 2022, up 48 uh, and some 59 percent, respectfully. So in and of itself, the XLE on the screen there, uh, pair of twos, um, no real trade. We like the service name, Schlumberger, Halliburton, uh, OIH type stocks. Right. Uh, Bono, and how about you? Yeah, I don't think I'm quite as bearish as everybody else on energy. So I understand the inventory bills. I understand perhaps demand destruction and con concern about the overall economy. I will say there is seemingly a bit of a floor to crude around the $70 level. And whether it should be or should not be the case, you are seeing some of these names trade in lockstep with the underlying commodity. And if you look at the capital discipline of these companies, they're just much better run. So, you know, I'm, I'm in, I, I like the option trade, your net collecting premium, and it's risk contained. But I'm just not quite as bearish in terms of sentiment. Yeah. Um, Mike, you know, Carter raised an interesting distinction between, you know, the integrated and the services. And so, you know, you had your druthers. Which would you pick here to initiate a position? Well, I don't need to talk about initiating one because I already have one. But yeah. we're, we're long MRO. <laughs> we're long Marathon. We're long Halliburton. We unfortunately were long Devon. So, I, you know, I, just to be fair on this bearish conversation, we are net long energy names. So I, it's not it wouldn't be reasonable to call me completely bearish. It's just that I just don't, don't see a lot of near-term upside right here. All right. Up next, an update on a hospitality stock we discussed just last week. Plus, we are taking your tweets. Options Actions back in two.
Welcome back to Options Action. Airbnb surging more than 20% this week after a strong earnings beat. Uh, Mike, you highlighted a big trade in this name just last week. Yeah, I saw those uh, big April 105 puts trading. You know, there was a lot of bear sentiment uh, last week and also right before earnings. And of course, the short interest at about 7% in the street hates it. 25 holds and sells versus 18 buys. You know, the stock obviously got a, a reversal of sentiment bounce coming out of earnings, but take, away, take a look at the way it behaved today. That doesn't look very healthy to me. Uh, I'm not sure that the uh, bounce we saw this week can last. All right, uh, time to get to some tweets. Our first fan asks, a few weeks ago, Carter Worth charted Tesla running to 170 plus, which it did, and after overshot to 210 plus. Today, it trades right around the 200 resistance support level. Where could it go from here? What do you think, Carter? Well, <laughs> where could it go? It could go anywhere. So could's not the word. But here's the thing. You won't find this but once in a lifetime. A lot of stocks drop from 200 to 100 and then rally back from 100 to 200 or some derivative thereof, meaning dropping 50% and recovering 100% in a matter of weeks. But not at this market cap. It's virtually unprecedented. It is just as hysterical on the way up as it was on the way down. The buying is rash, impulsive impetuous overdone, just as the selling was on the way down. And it leaves the stock at a very difficult level. I'm a seller here. Okay. Our next tweet says, with natural gas at lows, how do you feel about ProShares Ultra Nat Gas calls for June 16 at the $5 strike? Mike, what's your take on this one? Uh, these are triple decaying instruments because you've got a levered ETF on a, you know, it has roll cost and then you have a high volatility. So I think that's kind of an expensive way to play it. I might go with UNG instead. All right, it is time now for the final call. Last word from the options fits. Carter Braxton Worth, what do you say? VIX for a bounce, uh, market lower. Brian Sutland. Yeah, volatility definitely higher, but also check out ExxonMobil, hedge long stock position with buying a put and selling a call spread. Bono and Eisen. Yeah, I think those upside calls in VIX are definitely worth a look. Mike, what you need to do is only have one Yeti cup per capita in your household, then they have to be washed. Unfortunately, we have way, way more than that. And I like the stock because of it. I think call spread risk reversals are the way to play it in during. All right. That does it for us here on Options Action. Back next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Special starting right now, taking stock with Morgan Brennan. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies.